morning, everybody. This is Marcus and Henry on the morning meeting podcast for Marcus today. General advice only. You know the rules. It is the 9th of December. It's Friday. Henry, the market doing a little bit better today. Uh, was that the end of the sell-off or uh, <laughs> are we still going down? Uh, well, we've rallied 12 points, so it's hardly a stunning uh, but, uh, stunning yeah, rebound. The market is nervous, I think, to say the least. There's a lot of people out of the market. Volumes are low as well. It is coming into Christmas. A lot of people have had a tough year. A lot of fund managers pretty happy to have a beer at lunchtimes and not worry about the market. I think, you know, we've got the PPI from the US tonight and we've got the FOMC. There's obviously going to be a little bit of book squaring before that, just in case something dramatic happens. We will have the Santa rally, but I think it will come late and I think it will come from a lower point. The the interesting observation, I suppose, for the moment is the technical signals are still negative. I think one good day on Wall Street doesn't end this froth blowing off the relief rally. Interestingly, on Reuters, I saw something which said a Reuters poll of 45 analysts on December the 1st, 2021, so a year ago, showed the median end of 2022 <laughs> forecast for the S&P 500 was 4,910. At the moment, it's 3,933. So there are only a thousand points out which it's is just good. a big figure it's just a big figure they got wrong it's close it just just got it's the not, big it's figure not wrong. Bad. and right now the market the s&p 500 is down 17 percent for the year so that got me going henry thinking well all we needed was the post-it note we <laughs> i write an article every year about post-it notes what post-it note did you need on your screen last december that would have made this year really easy and profitable so i had a couple there were things like in Inflation isn't transitory. Your mortgage rate is going to double, if not triple. House prices are going to come off the top. Can you believe this one? This 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 would have been a good one last year. The CBA will hit an all-time high this year, and the banks will recover. That would have been another one. Uh, what else could we have had last December, Henry? Um, well, one that I should have had and listened to myself was the fat and happy at Easter, whereby you just sell everything at Easter and walk off into the sunset because that would have been a fantastic strategy this year. Sell in May and go away would have worked. And of course, I think the other one is uh, take note of June tax loss selling because the market absolutely cratered in June and there were some extraordinary bargains that were had uh, due to that cratering. A couple of themes, Henry, that you got on to last year. One, one I think, would be crypto is crapto. I did like crypto that Crypto is crapto. And I think um, you and I have both been talking that for some time and talking about uh, not only crypto, but NFTs, they are invisible friends. Um, crypto has just turned itself into a massive Ponzi scheme, I guess. And the, the market cap of crypto has, has fallen by $2 trillion. And what I, I read something this morning on Bloomberg saying that it is surprising that the crypto fallout hasn't actually infected the real world, because maybe the $2 trillion wipeout was nothing to do with the real world. And it was all kind of internal, saying it was all basically crypto people lending to other crypto people which had other crypto platforms oh it was all just the round robin ponzi scheme between each other yes well the the other post-it note that you would have stuck on your own screen i think you did stick on everybody's screen last christmas henry was lithium 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 yeah well i've, I've always said the stock market is not about long-term investment it's not about buffett it's about making money over any time frame in anything you can and uh, certainly lithium has been a fabulous 
trading sector. If you're going to trade a stock, you need the stock to be trending up. And that's certainly what lithium's done over the last year. So post-it notes for next year, Henry. I haven't had a good think about this yet, but I imagine we'd both stick on crypto will remain crypto. <laughs> yes, crypto. I can't see any resurrection of the crypto space anytime soon, I must admit, despite Kathy Wood saying all the things that she does about crypto. I think Kathy Wood needs to be given a warning, quite honestly, because the the I have a bit of a, a bugbear with people who have got large audiences who are very credible when they wander into or, or legitimize or drag conservative investors, their audience into volatile asset classes. And I think she's doing a great disservice to her listeners to talk up crypto the way she has, because it is guesswork. And it's not really the point of whether it's going to go up or not. It could, she could be right. But the point is, it's a really volatile asset class, if you can call it an asset class, and she shouldn't be talking main to mainstream investors about it because she doesn't know, could be wrong, and it's a, a dangerous asset class for people to get involved in. So yeah. I'm a bit critical of Kathy Wood. I, I, I've been very down on Kathy ever since she um, she knocked me back for a podcast back in April the 1st. I did email her and got a reply from her media team saying she was too busy buying Tesla shares to, uh, to worry about little old Australia. Yes, well, there we go. Well, all we have to do is, <laughs> is look at the ARK ETFs to see uh, how her performance has gone. And great, great speaker, smart, intelligent, but but not making us money. Anyway, uh, yeah. other things we could stick on our screens is probably still stick on lithium, lithium, lithium. Keep trading around the edges on a generally positive theme. Uh, I am hoping for next year with my enthusiasm for Poseidon Nickel that I could stick nickel, nickel, nickel on my screen as well. Possibly you could stick copper, copper, copper because the copper boom's going on. And uh, the, big, the big one is recession is coming. Can you stick that on your screen? That's what it looks like. We should be sticking on our screens. But the, the thing about that is what everyone thinks will happen never does happen. Always the opposite happens. Anyway, we will see. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, every, everybody is absolutely in unison that we're going to have a recession. It's, it's a very crowded trade. Yet, you know, I don't know if the market's actually really pricing that in. The disconnect between the bond market and the equity market in the US and here to an bit of an extent is um, still quite large. Yeah, I would also say to our members, Henry, what, what I always say, which is we are not actually in the prediction game, we're in the reaction game. Uh, we need to wake up in the morning and make decisions based on facts, not make guesses about things we really can't know. Uh, so we will just keep doing that every day. Members waking up in the morning, making decisions. It's about the balance of probabilities. It's not about prediction. I'm just right. happy to wake up in the morning, to be honest, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting that way as well, Henry. <laughs> Uh, right. In the uh, strategy section, I have the summary. We sold ATEC yesterday, which is the Alltech ETF. Uh, we're now holding about 10% cash, which seems slightly appropriate. Everything's sort of tickling a little bit higher today. So quite happy with that. I do note that the S&P 500 has peaked at exactly where you would imagine it would peak if it was in a big downtrend. It's peaked at the top of the trading range. And I do also look today, and you might find this interesting, interesting all, at all the sectors and their charts and make a little uh, comment about them all. They all look as if they're coming off the top a little bit at the moment. Gold is still going up, wondering uh, the, the game there is to pick the top uh, on gold, but still going up for the moment. And I've got an interesting chart on the bank sector, which has got
got zero on the scale. Have a look at that and you will see that this is not a growth sector. It's going sideways. Uh, this is an income sector and it is also a sector you don't bother trading. It's not a trading sec sector. We do appear to be at the top of the very tight trading range, but really this is for income stocks. It's not going to change. Income investors is not going to change your life. But have a look at that chart. It is a bit of an eye opener. When you open charts, your software always adjusts the scale to show you the limits of your time frame, the top and the bottom. So everything looks volatile, but put zero on the scale and you'll see a bank sector sideways, not going up, not going down. Don't bother trading it, hold it for income. And uh, that's about it for strategy for me. We've got quite a busy week coming up next week. We've got PPI numbers tonight produced price index. We've got CPI numbers next Wednesday morning. And then we've got the FOMC meeting next Thursday morning. So they'll obviously be guided by the CPI number. But the guesswork is that they will raise rates 50, not 75 basis points, and may make some more comments about it being uh, not about the pace of rate rises now, but about when it, where the peak is and when the peak is. Anyway, our market could rotate one way or the other on that FOMC meeting uh, next week. Uh, what have you got going on in your section, Henry? Um, well, Chalice, what can I say? What a boomer that has been. Uh, it had a massive run yesterday, up 13%. I did sell some only because I had four and a bit percent in Chalice, and I do like to sell into things. It does appear that I went way, way too early, as always. I only sold... 1% uh, of the four and a bit percent. So it is up another 4.6% today. There's some research out as well. We bought it at 460 odd. It's now 660 odd. And I think we only bought Chalice uh, in, July, in, uh, in June this year. But in the last couple of months, it has risen from four bucks to 650. So going pretty well with those drill results from Gonneville. The other one that I'm interested in and looking at is an old favorite of mine called Karun, which is a Brazilian oil and gas producer. Uh, interesting things happening in Brazil, obviously, with a new president, but obviously been affected by the oil price to the extent that it has dropped like a, a proverbial from 240 to 210. Um, I really like it to be at two bucks because I'd like to be buying it there at two bucks. So if it got to two bucks, I think I would be a buyer. The other one that I'm looking at is Nuren, uh, which I did a podcast with John Pilcher, the CEO. They've got a big, big year coming up. March is their crucial um, time for them. So that one's come back a long way. I think it got really puffed up for the uh, index inclusion in the global small cap index. Uh, it's come all the way back from uh, close to nine bucks to seven dollars twenty. I think that one's starting to look interesting. It's stabilized. So Karun and Nuren on my watch list to add. Uh, good stuff. And in my ideas section today, uh, as everyone will know by now, we've sold just about everything. We sold Domino's yesterday. We've got Sandfire Resources, the only one left in there at the moment. Uh, copper stock, that's still going up today, is up 3%. And we, we're holding B-Bus, which is not going very well today with the US being up a little bit. But B bus is the is the ETF that's geared two to two point seven five times to the S and P five hundred going down. So we're having a a bet on the short term being negative and the medium term we're still looking over our shoulder, wondering whether we're in a relief rally in a bear market 
or whether we're in a new bull market is looking a bit like the former rather than the latter at the moment. There are a few technical sell signals today. Interestingly, first time we've seen a sell signal for some time in resources, Rio, Fortescue, uh, also uh, Webjet. Mineral Resources got a capital raising today, interestingly, just sort of tipped over before that happened. Someone might be a bit leaky there, uh, but I'm sure that will be well attended and the share price will be uh, unaffected. Uh, and I just note the big uh, accounting irregularity at Downer EDI. They had a profits warning yesterday. Everyone's writing about it, a bit of research around today and lots of stuff in the newspapers. Uh, not really the point. The point is they've also had a bit of an earnings downgrade talking about higher costs and bad weather, but particularly higher staff costs and supply chain issues. We're coming to the results season in February. You've got to imagine that the risk to earnings is on the downside, as everybody will have uh, higher costs through a number of things, not just interest rates, but also uh, supply chain issues, also staff costs and other costs. We, have, we are in the middle of an inflationary boom, of course. So uh, just sort of uh, highlights that we're into confession season, a couple of months ahead of results season. I'm guessing we're going to see a few, so a bit of risk around at the moment, and down a EDI, obviously, uh, uh, selling off rapidly. Uh, right. Just on, just on Downer, uh, they, they brought a new phrase into the financial lexicon yesterday, uh, which and I that, thought was... And that was, Henry? Presented, this is talking about their accounts and the problems they've had with the missing 40 million. It's a bit like brambles and the million pallets they lost a few years ago. Um, this is from their statement from the CEO. They presented an ability to be opaque. That's, <laughs> that's an understatement. And also Downer, just, just a, it's got a great name, Downer, obviously. Um, they got a first strike against their remuneration as well because they'd done so badly. And that was before they'd stuffed up with the spreadsheet with the 30 to 40 million that's disappeared. So they're doing nicely. And, and talking that in the AFR today, there's the uh, the list of the top paid CEOs in the country, and you will be surprised. I put it on Facebook. You'll be surprised to see some of the names there. Lavisa, the CEO there, is the second highest paid CEO in the country. Do you know who the the first, the best paid CEO in the country is? No, it used to be Toll. Uh, I wonder who it is now. That's uh, Shamara from Macquarie. It usually is. Oh, there you go. Probably deserving. And, but she's not uh, the highest paid at Macquarie. Nick Kane is the highest. Nick Kane is the highest paid. He's got quick 34 million under his belt. Uh, there we go. Not bad. So, like a Marcus Today writer, Henry. Uh, down down yeah, I, think EDI. A, I think we might need to change the decimal point there, Marcus, somewhere. Yeah, possibly. Uh, down or EDI, down from 520 to 382 uh, in the last few days on the back of all that schmozzle. Anyway, there we go. Uh, we're waiting for the PPI numbers tonight. Obviously, FOMC next week and CPI in, out of the US next week. Not much else going on. And I will be back with the weekend email tomorrow. Henry, any last words? Oh, slow horses. Friday, new episode. Out. best thing on telly yes i have uh, one for the water cooler as well I'm, I'm, i think i'm going to start my own competitive water cooler at the weekends henry uh, oh, mine mine is uh, uh have you watched pepsi uh, where's my jet no uh, you should watch it it's really good uh, there we go we will see you all next week everyone have a fabulous weekend i'll be back with a weekend email tomorrow thank you henry and uh, have a good day bye <laughs>